Welcome to Make It Happen, powered by Avon. I'm your host, Evie DeAngelis. For over 130 years and 34 years before women had the right to vote, Avon has been empowering women to rewrite the rules for business success. Sparked by female entrepreneurship, each episode features spirited discussion with motivating, inspirational, and candid real-life stories and secrets to success and how to make it happen. Join us as industry power players share their personal success stories about embracing opportunities, embracing failures, trusting their gut along the way, and everything in between. Hello and welcome to Make It Happen, powered by Avon. I'm your host, Evie DeAngelis, and I'm so, so excited for today's show because we are joined by marketing and beauty industry veteran, Lara Yerdolian. She is the founder of Pretty Connected, and it's going to be a great discussion. I'm just going to say it. I'm not jinxing us. I'm like just putting it out there. I already know it's going to be an awesome conversation, right? Because we're going to be talking about the power of connecting. And I think that's a really important topic because it spans so many, it basically spans like all different aspects of life. Um, But you've really built um, an entire business around connecting with people and connecting what you love um, to aspects of business and other people's businesses. So thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So I I would think it's like really fair to say that you are a beauty boss in your own right. You're an entrepreneur. Um, It sounds like, you know, from the conversation we were having before we started that you're, you know, kind of obsessed with all things beauty. I am, and I think I've been on all angles of it. (laughs) It sounds like it. It certainly sounds like it with your um, really fantastic career. But how did you get started um, in beauty, and how did that transition into building your business into what it is today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, out of college, a girl I played tennis with, uh, she was an intern for a makeup brand, and I was an international trade and marketing manager, and so she got me my first beauty job, um, or interview, I should say. And from there, I went to work on a bunch of different beauty and skincare brands, marketing, rebranding. And then I landed at Avon, which was actually my first segue out of the prestige makeup world and more into the digital direct mass, which was really kind of an exciting opportunity why I really wanted to work for such kind of an empowered brand, obviously all about women. Um, And specifically, I was working at Mark during the Lauren Conrad days. So it was like this very exciting time Mm -hmm. for the brand. And you got to work with both Avon and, you know, the Mark brand at the same time, which was such a cool experience for me. And yeah, I learned so much. Um, I actually think, and that's when I started my blog because I, it's so, I'm like, it's about 10 years old. So it was before blogs were even really titled beauty blogs. Or what did you such, call it? I mean, it's after live journaling. So technically it would be, but it's not like I couldn't walk into a room and be like, I'm a blogger. And people right. would be like, I know what that is. Right. Or like, think that was cool. You were like, or I like, have like a digital diary yeah, that like, I like type I, into. You know, if you're like, I have a beauty blog, they'd be like, okay, what does that mean? Like, oh, and I work with brands. What does that mean? Like right. people really didn't connect those dots. Now, you know, magazines have blogs. Everyone has a blog. Like your mom has a blog. Like, yeah. Everyone has a blog. Um, and It was really an exciting time um, kind of working with Avon to see how people were using their voices and how women were using, you know, really their voice is a great way to say it, both digitally and in person. And that's really what my brand is about as well. And so I kind of took a lot of those learnings and what reps did um, 
and even like with Mark with the college campuses and just so much about marketing in such a different way than what I was used to from my other beauty jobs, doing very conventional marketing events, printing posters, you know, making things look good, working with the department stores. Like this was a very different way of looking at beauty and how to speak, you know, to real people. And especially when I started that site, it was really because I had so much experience. I had done so many trainings. I knew all the top makeup artists. I knew all the top, you know, skin educators. I'd Mm -hmm. been through so many different things. And people weren't talking about their skin the way they are now and makeup. Now, you know, there's so many people who are so talented. You can watch these makeup tutorials. Like, they're incredible. They're filming abilities. I'm like, where do these kids get this It's hard to believe that, like, this happened so quickly, right? So quickly. I mean, it just came up overnight. I can't believe I still have a name that I like. Like, most people I know that were bloggers from my era have all changed their names. Of course. What was I thinking? Like, five times, probably. Yeah, and really Pretty Connected was always supposed to be this thing where I was connecting people to you know, industry insiders or just sharing insider information Mm -hmm. or a product before it's launched or why you care about this ingredient. And so that's where that world started. And from there, I just kind of built a whole brand that now has so many different parts. Um, I mean, how did you set out to do something that in the time wasn't really a a thing? You know, to your point, you know, blogs weren't really a thing, but you knew that there was something there. And I equate it so much to any kind of entrepreneur taking a risk with creating something for themselves, right? I mean, you know, like our Avon representatives, they do that every time they start a business or they bring someone new on board or they connect with a new customer. But it's that's kind of a a big deal. And it, it can be really scary. So how did you decide, you know, I'm, I'm going to create this site and see what happens with it as opposed to just keeping it all in your head. So I feel like you have to just look at what the time is then versus now. And even with Avon Rep, I never looked at this. And this is, I think, the biggest miss if you want to start now is I never looked at this as this is going to be my future. I'm going to be a full-time blogger. I'm going to make money. I'm going to get free products. I'm going to travel over the world. I'm going to be on air. Like none of these things were realistic. Right. I'm going to work with magazines. I'm going to be quoted. Like No, even out of high school, college, like I would never have expected. If you look back now, I'm like, the amount of magazines and things I've been in, these were not goals of mine. This was not like on a vision board that someday. (laughs) Now you kind of can say that. Or I do a lot of talks and I see a lot of women who they see something they want and they want to get there. And it's they're looking for a path that doesn't necessarily exist for everyone. So this was never supposed to be my full time gig. I just love this industry. I loved what I was learning. I loved the people I was around. A lot of my friends, you know, had left certain jobs that we were together at and worked for other companies. And they were teaching me things. I was learning things. You know, it was just a different world back then. And with that, I think the other thing, too, is I'm constantly reinventing myself. I'm constantly creating a world I want to be. I'm not waiting for somebody else to say, hey, a blogger can do this. I'm trying to pioneer that or, you know, come up with concepts and ways I can work with brands that I think really benefit both of us and are really exciting for me so that I stay fresh. Because like anything, when you do something for a decade, you have to evolve. Right. And brands and also people in the industry have to understand that when you're working with somebody, the things I would do 10 years ago and think were like the biggest deal on the planet are now things that, you know, I might send an intern to or not be able to make because I have to focus on what my audience wants. In the same way, I tell people all the time, you know, it used to be really important for me to swatch and show that lipstick or show these colors because only 10 of us were getting this before it even launched. Now, when you've got like a thousand people getting the same thing, you have to think about what can I do that gives a different perspective. Otherwise, I don't feel like I have to run home and be the first to do this because I know there is like 7,000 people out there who've done the exact same thing. So the world is just changing. And what you want to 
creative your brand, you have to really think and be proactive about. And so that was that's really it. And honestly, the biggest, I think the scary part was more so five years later when I decided to do it full time. Mm-hmm. Like this was always supposed to be a hobby. It wasn't, again, like there was no way you were going to make money off this. Right. And like maybe you get free products or like a, like for me too, it was a great way to meet all the people in this industry that I love that I maybe, you know, wouldn't otherwise have access to. But or, then you saw it turning into something. And then it, it just kind of reels you in. Right. You know, I always say there's like a timeline of blogging. It's like first you get free stuff and you're like, oh, just one, like one a week. And you're like, this is such a big deal. Then you get maybe invited to an event and you're like, that's such a big deal. And then they just get bigger and bigger. From Then you get one-on-one time with the founder and the presidents and the, you know, spokespersons, like how many Avon events have I been to since right. that have, you know, their celebrity fragrance person or some other, you know, big thing that they're doing. And you're now in a room with these people in a totally different way. Mm-hmm. And what I feel really blessed about is like I haven't worked at Avon for a long time now, but I still work with them. I of still course. get to see what's new. I still get to go to their events yeah. um, and be a part of the brand. So it's really a fun way for me to stay, you know, connected That's to them awesome. as well. So as someone who's like really worked in the industry for a long time and in lots of different facets, you know, I think that there are so many different definitions of beauty. And it's a conversation that I have, you know, at Avon all the time of like, what does beauty actually mean, right? Because it can mean so many different things to so many different people. So I'm curious, what does it mean to you? So I think if I had to sum it up in one word, it's really confidence. I mean, I think that there is such literal definitions of beauty and like, you know, your perfect skin, your eye makeup is flawless and your lip, you know. And I think that's beautiful for sure. When I see really incredible makeup artists and like their artistry skills, Mm -hmm. when we just had the Met Gala, like when you just look at some of these women and the makeup, it is just, that is so beautiful. But for your average, like every day, I just think if you're confident, and I always say too, it's like really taking care of your skin is just so important. But I think it makes you, it's just a reflection. It's like right. taking care of your body, taking care of your mind, taking care, you know. I think that when people feel really good about themselves and like are smiling and just having a great day, like that's so infectious. And for me, that's really beautiful. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's experiential too, right? Like all of the things that you said, that confidence is about like how you're feeling. Yeah. How you're like how you're living and like what you're putting out there. It is just not always a physical. I think your right. body language, how you're holding yourself when you know, the way and I always say this too, one of the reasons I still love about blogging is going to events, meeting people, just getting out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I think early on too, there was I realized I like the in person. Some people just want to be behind a computer and a desk and share and yeah. you know, be very behind the scenes. And I, I really enjoy meeting and hearing people's stories and getting out there and you know, that's such a big part of me. Right. And I just think it's so beautiful when you've like created something, you know, and you've done something and like, that's so awesome. Yeah. And, and your creation, you know, makes you feel beautiful. And I think that's the same for so many entrepreneurs and also people who are afraid of kind of starting their own thing. It's like, if you could capture that feeling and have that feeling all the time, like, why wouldn't you go after it? Yeah. And we're all insecure. We all have, we all think we're a failure (laughs) or miserable at some point in our lives. But, you know, I think it's what you do with that. And also, you know, just working in your comfort zone, but then yep. pushing yourself to try things. And I'm not saying, you know, people always say you have to be scared for it to succeed. And I don't think you have to be scared, but you have to try new things right. and give yourself like a boundary to fail or at least try it and learn from it. You know, not enough that you're like losing your house and that right. like everything could go catastrophic, but just to try to put yourself out there in different ways. Yep. Um, absolutely. So you've mentioned that your platform is called Pretty Connected, yeah, um, which I absolutely love. And also kudos to you for, again, picking that name that actually you've stuck with for so long. <laughs> Thank you. But what are some helpful tips that you can share with our listeners on 
building connections and maintaining relationships with those connections? Yeah, I mean, I think right now it just depends on what your goals are um, to begin with. I mean, we have so many platforms like LinkedIn and other things and friends that can recommend or, you know, introduce you to people. So I always say, like, if I'm talking specifically to bloggers or people who want to work with brands, you know, make sure you've already sort of done something on your own. Like, I love this product because um, I recently launched an accessories line, and I now it's so funny to be on both ends because, like, you pitch and you get invited, but then also to be pitched. And I read some of these emails that people write, and I'm like, like, what are you – first of all, what are you asking? Right. What are you looking for? And, like, when you lose that clarity – I think you lose something. So it's not always about your following, but you want to have a long-term relationship. So if you dress a certain way and some brand is very on brand for you, show them your style. If you like really intense highlighters and bright pink lips, you know, talk about your style, what you like, what, and then start to learn about your audience. Like, I know who my readers are. And you'll get there, but you need to first... Look at things that are on brand for you. And a lot of brands are like, I want to work with, you know, and just pick these random brands. I'm like, well, okay, how much of their stuff do you own? Like, what do you know about them? Like, do your research. And then when you write them an email, start asked to be on their media list, you know, ask to grab coffee with the person. Just creating a relationship is where you start. And then, you know, even now, the way the whole world works is, you know, they like you and they go to a new job and they'll kind of keep you on the list or their replacement will keep you on the list. But it's your responsibility to really like upkeep that relationship. Email and be like, what's going on? What are you guys launching? See if that looks like a good fit for you. Right, you you need to put yourself out there. You need to put yourself out there. And you have to, and you have to also know that everybody's doing that. Like that's not, you're not doing something weird. And in the same way, like I get random emails all the time so people want to interview me or take me to coffee. Like, Sometimes you've got time, sometimes you don't, but, like, there's no harm in trying and asking, you know, really be prepared with what you're looking for, though, because if someone's giving you their time or, you know, a part of their brand or sending something, you know, it's important to be really responsible for that and appreciative, um, which I think we kind of lose, and then to create that long-term relationship because, I mean, the best example I can tell you is I did, I worked with a brand probably five or six years ago, the first time I was ever in a magazine. And it was an L. And literally, they did a giveaway for... It wasn't a giveaway. It was to win a grant um, for people who you know were doing something to change the world, which was very on point for my audience. And one of the winners, eight, eight winners, ended up being me. And even though I was so tiny five years... I wasn't tiny, but tiny when you compare me to like an L or the fact of the brand's pages and everywhere sure. they promoted it, it was still so perfect for my audience that somebody ended up winning from my readership and, you know, thank me. It was it actually other people they partnered with also promoted. So it was a very small likelihood right. versus just my quote and my encouragement that somebody would get selected. But it did because when you're on brand, it's so much more effective than, you know, when you're kind of just like throwing caution to the wind right. and promoting every which So it's thing. really understanding how you're connecting, maintaining a consistent message, and also maintaining consistent contact, right? Yeah. And if they can't work with you right now, just say thank you. Yeah. I'll try to connect with you in the future. Right. What can we do? Or just keep me up to date with what's going on. So like, I have to ask, helps. because you said that, you know, like knowing your audience and knowing who your readers are. So when you created your accessories line, did you do it with them in mind? Or, or was it more about like bringing something for you, for yourself to life? So it's a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. So how it started is actually really funny. So everything I try to do and expand my brand, I'm always looking for just different ways of doing things. So about four or five years ago, I started making my own camera straps. I was really tired of wearing like big logoed straps 
And I just was like, you know what? I'll make my own. People would compliment me. Um, and they'd be like, where can I get that? Where can I get that? And I noticed with me, I couldn't find it when I went on Amazon. I right. couldn't find anything fashionable. And then this past year, I decided I was going to just launch a line of camera straps. And really, with the big trend of bag straps going on, it would be camera straps that doubled the bag straps. That's so awesome. that's where it started. And okay. then so we it started added the with bags, a personal need. A personal need. Yeah. And then just other people in my space that needed the same thing. Because if you're going to a cocktail party, it looks a little ridiculous when you're wearing, you know. And we're such a time of street style and fashion sure. and we accessorize. So why can't your camera strap look really chic in a chain <laughs> or a cool like, logo? And then we ended up doing makeup bags that doubles bags um, that you can clip the chains to. We just added rings. So you, because I get so many beautiful makeup cases. Awesome. And I'm like, ah, I wish I could like wear this out, but who enjoys wearing a clutch on a regular basis? You're just like going to drop it. You don't have enough hands between your phone, your drink, your food. That's too much going on. So I was like, I'm going to make these the perfect size so you can put your camera in it, you can put your bag, and then you can add patches and pins because I think that customizing is such a big thing right now. And it's something that I have so much joy when I customize. And then I also host a lot of these like women's empowerment events and work with a lot of great people. So I made these boss rings because I once had a boss ring, but it was like a cheap plastic one and turn my finger green and like wasn't really a boss <laughs> ring. So I was like, I want to have a great gift to give these girls. Yeah. And then the boss rings have just like blown up. So so everything's like an evolution, but it's kind of just listening to people and, you know, so people can just buy the straps on their own or with the bag That's or great. just understanding. And I don't even know what the next product is. It's just something that I feel like has to be something that people want right. and that I can do and make happen. Well, very much like an evolution of, you know, what you're creating yes. and much like your, you know, your platform with Pretty Connected, you know, 10 years ago, social media was not what it is today. We didn't have Instagram, right? guys. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we did not like, have Instagram. I, I don't even know if we had Twitter. I actually, went, like, wonder if I um, should, like, start tracking, like, how much time I spend per day on Instagram because yeah. I, I feel like it's not that much. But if I were to add it up in the aggregate, I actually think it could be a lot I've read week. some really crazy stuff. And I'm, before. like, a little worried about it. But so I think it's just, like, really interesting. But, I mean, it can be really great for connecting with people and connecting to your base. And so... I mean, obviously, it's helped you amplify your message amongst various audiences. But, like, how have you really seen that traction? Obviously, you know, there's a there's just a natural growth that was happening with your platform anyway. But how has this really amplified it for you? So, I mean, it's just changed the world. Like, yeah. it's so funny how, you know, people used to comment on my blog. And now it's like, why would I comment on your blog? I can, I can just direct message sure. you. Like, everything has changed. Like, yeah. even just being able to comment and then to actually direct message the one-on-one conversation has, right. like, blown up. Right. And do you actually have time to, like, get into your I DMs try. and, like, Sometimes talk to I people? try. Yeah. But, you know, the yeah. other thing, too, is now with, like, Instagram stories, people are responding to something they're seeing that's going away anywhere from when one minute right. to, like, 24 hours. So you might not even know. It. So right. people are always, like, giving me feedback on something or asking me a question. I'm like, I'm so sorry. What What is this in response right. to? Of course. And then, I mean, it could be a little bit better in terms of how it's organized so I could get back to people a little yeah. bit. But I do. I really try to get to everyone. I always love when they comment on an actual post because when I can see it, I'm not going to lose it. Right. Um, but it's really an interesting way of getting people's feedback. Even with, like, Instagram stories, now you can do a poll. Like, which should I wear? Which should I do? Which kind of content are you looking for? What, you know, I what have giving? a teeny tiny fraction of the following that you have, <laughs> and I use that poll feature all the time. It's because great. Because I'm like, I just need, like, 
you know, I'm moving so quickly. I live alone. Uh, this, that. The other thing, I'm like, I just need somebody's advice, like, really fast on something. Like, what am I wearing? Super like, fast. Help me. <laughs> and it's so nice to hear what they want. And, like, right. I did this great video. Like, and, and it's interesting, too, what people respond to. Because some things will get such a reaction. Right. And other things are like, you know, eh. they're watching it. They're sure. not, they have nothing to comment and, you know, right. contribute to the conversation. But once I was like, all right, guys, I really like personal recommendations when it comes to products. Like, can you just tell me what you're using, what you love? Like, yeah. that is what inspires me out of anything to go into my beauty closet, find it or ask for it. Like, what have you used that worked? I got so many incredible submissions of people like, this product changed my life. Here's what I had before. And it was so eye-opening and it was wonderful. So I think that you really can use social in so many ways. But to your point, it's funny. Like, you see these agencies now and PR agencies are different. They're like, we have so many relationships. And I always think relationships are in quotes because – Anybody that emails me that creates an opportunity that I want to do, I'm going to do it, right? Sure. It's not because I like you or I don't like you. It's like most of the time a total stranger at the other end of the email. So it's so funny how now we can create our own relationships. Like right. anybody is searchable. Like I can find you between you know, LinkedIn, everything, even Facebook. I can know so much about you. Right, without even ever without having a conversation. Trying. And, you know, people message me all the time and they're like, hey, I've got this, blah, blah, blah. Can you send me your email? Or they just right. see it on my profile. Or like most people have their emails connected. So it's not this like super secret list. It's like, who's doing this? Like, well, you can just find them and read their bio. Right. And you can create a relationship with them. And some people respond, some people don't. Like, it's not this, oh, my God, I just, you know, I met with a brand and he was like, I keep trying to message Sophia Bush to try my nail polish. And I was like, well, I think she gets like a bazillion messages. Yeah. Like, it's great that you keep trying, but like, just keep that in mind. And, and there's also a level like, of like standing out and like setting yourself apart. Totally. And, you know, I think that just the, um, just the level of engagement you know, is just so different. And I think people are still learning how to navigate that. And I think that that's okay, right? It's okay to still be trying to figure it out and and decide what you're doing knowing that there's just, there's a lot of noise out there. But you have an opportunity now in a way that we never did, you know, where you can go, you can comment on people's pictures, you can direct message them, you can email them, you can find their contact in a way that was never possible when I was starting out. So it's really kind of cool to think, you know, you can connect anyone and sometimes they'll respond, sometimes they might not, but it's a great opportunity we're like the world is now your oyster, right? right? Yeah. Well, so you've also used your platform to make a difference. Um, you know, speaking of lots of different opportunities, this is another channel of opportunity that you have obviously really grabbed onto and leveraged. So can you tell us a little bit more about Share Your Beauty and what that is? Absolutely. So I would say, well, from the beginning of time of my beauty career, I've seen a lot of waste. Um, there's just a lot that goes behind the scenes in terms of brands. They repackage and then they can't really get rid of the products or, you know, as an editor and person who judges a lot of beauty words and things, I just get boxes sent. And sometimes things are, you know, the entire shade range and I can only use, you know, two or three, maybe give some to my family, but like you end up with a lot of excess. And that's been kind of a problem or, I mean, it's a very first world problem, but you kind of have these issues where you have so much stuff and you don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And with clothing, it's really easy. You know, you can drop it off to so many people in need. You can, you have so many options. You can right. donate it. You can go to a secondhand store and consign it. Um, and being sustainable is something that's always been really important to me and something that I've sort of struggled with as I've taken this path with just the amount of waste. Uh, so a few years ago, I really, well, from the start, really wanted there to be a program where people could donate their beauty products and it go to, you know, women in need, women who have been victims of domestic violence, homeless shelters, hygiene, you know, products. Right. So we 
I just decided to do it. I was like, this doesn't really exist. Um, I've extensively looked into this. So I ended up working with um, Family to Family, which is an amazing nonprofit that specialized in, you know, they've got relationships with all these shelters. And they don't have a beauty product, beauty program. So what was big for me is kind of looking at what the issue was, how to make it really happen in a positive way that worked for everybody. Yep. So they set up the whole nonprofit partner in charge of placing any products we get. And then the Sports Act, which is just amazing, they donate their bags and are our shipping center or holding center for products. So they literally, when anyone wants to donate, we can drop off or pick up. That's great. And they will put them in the bags and then they donate them to different shelters Um that are need. So we get requests all the time for, you know, products. And now we have a place where we can give it to them. And it's really like lovely. That's so cool. Yeah. And we've had over 115,000 products. No way. Yeah. Well, I just three um, years. I'm next. I'm going to have to like donate a bunch because much like you said, I like I have so much stuff and I don't touch half of it. And and you love it and you want it it all. But every time you have that eyeshadow color, that's just not your shade. Or you wanted to go to a good home. Yeah. And that's my (laughs) problem. I'm obsessed with giving things a home. I can't like throw things out. It's like the sustainability girl. My boyfriend was like, I can't live with you (laughs) if you can't start to figure out how to. This was the craziest thing moving from California to to Manhattan for me because like I went from having a lot more space to not as much space, but the same amount of stuff, if not more stuff, because I'm not good at moving stuff out as I bring it in. It's so and because I wanted to find a good home. I'm very much about it finding a good home. So, so we've solved yes. your issues, yes. at least when it comes to the beauty world. I'm very excited about it. So um, I always like to ask people, you know, it, who have been on an entrepreneurial journey what they would have said to themselves if they had the opportunity to say, okay, you know, I'm going to go talk to Lara 10 years ago and I'm going to tell her this. What would you say to you 10 years ago? <laughs> well, you know, uh, what would I say to me? I yeah. just think that it's going to be okay because yeah. it was very – I was on a really – great trajectory in the corporate world. So to kind of give that up and work for myself. And then even though I keep being entrepreneurial and what's next, it's always this. I think that was the biggest gamble. It wasn't really the day-to-day gamble, but it was, you know, you could be a VP right now. You could be an SVP. You could be running your own, you know, a really major company. So it's really looking at the choices you make, but at the same time, what's going to bring you that joy? Like, I'm so happy to be in the position I am now, to create the programs I've created, to work with the people I've worked with. And also, you know, I've really stayed in my comfort zone, even though I scared myself in terms of like what my personality is, what I enjoy doing and mm-hmm. kind of working with that to sort of expand. So I guess it would just be to keep trying new things. Don't get complacent. And, you know, I think having a backup plan is always a good idea. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily <laughs> did. Um, but I think having something where you have sort of half your income or time is from something else. So you're never in a place of desperation. Like I've always been really lucky that I never had to work with a brand because I had to, it was always because I wanted to or create something to make, you know, but I say this day, like be a waitress, you know, do be a substitute teacher, whatever it is, do something that makes you just feel comfortable so you can run things the way you want to. Um, Especially until you're in that position where you can afford to. Like with me, I had, you know, a nest egg and I was like, if I ever get below this point, I'm going to need to go back to a real corporate full-time job because it comes with a lot of responsibility. You know, you're paying your own insurance, you're paying for expenses, I pay for an office. There's certain things that you have to really be responsible about. Um, It's not just that it's easy and believe in yourself and like everything magical happened. You really have to work for it too. 
but it can happen. Yep. And it's just that belief, but also that effort that really goes into it. That's awesome. Well, hopefully there's some kind of time machine where you 10 years ago is like hearing you say all of this. My but God, for everybody else who's listening, it's such great advice for <sighs> any entrepreneur. It really is. So I would have gotten more sleep if I knew. <laughs> now things would have worked out the way. <laughs> I always like to end the show by asking like a handful of just total random rapid fire questions. Okay, so you ready? Let's do it. All right. What is the one cannot leave the house without beauty product? Black eyeliner. Black eyeliner. Awesome. I really need three, but I'll I'll settle for one. Do you like a pencil, a liquid? Yeah, pencil. pencil. I just feel like, like I look coal? tired. A coal is the yeah. best. Get in that water line. Yeah. Just make me look like out. I'm awake. Yeah. I'm right because it like pops. The I consider that ass. no makeup for me. If I if I'm like <laughs> this is my no makeup look. <laughs> what do you consider the biggest career milestone for you to date? I mean, I've had so many. It's really everything, you know, from starting the charity the first day that went through, mm -hmm. you know, my first time in a magazine, my first time doing, you know, but I'm still doing it. I just did extra. I'd done extra before, but I did it in Universal Studios with Mario oh, Lopez, so and that was a milestone. <laughs> Even, you know, just I think constantly finding new ways. Um, I have so many along yeah. the path. And small and things. My first free product was a milestone. You know, it's just course. like. They build on each other, right? Build. And lead to the next. What is the one piece, if you could say it like in one or two sentences of career advice that you would give an entrepreneur starting out? I think you have to really be an entrepreneur. I think it's really like a great title and it makes you feel good. But I think actually being an entrepreneur is by definition, you know, you really have to be able to look at things from a big picture, know your resources, work with people. Um, you know, and if you don't have certain skills to make sure you have those people in mm -hmm. so that it's not just the fantasy. It's the same thing with blogging or anything else. It's this beautiful fantasy where everything right. looks easy and perfect and your tables are always like and Instagram your filters are done and your Instagram filters and your makeup's always perfect. But, you know, it's just not the reality. Sure. It's a lot of work. So I think it's also just being realistic and knowing that it's never going to just be easy. I mean, unless you're like the 1% of people where it's just easy, sure. in which case please call me. <laughs> I don't for, I don't, nothing worth it is easy, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's it better be when you've had to like, fight for it a little bit and like work for it. It feels better. Yeah. That and gratification is stronger. And don't do things too prematurely. Yeah. You know, even with this charity, I had a lot to think about. You know, I really just wanted to donate my products. I was not looking to start this whole thing. Yeah. But there were certain liabilities if you just do things on your own. So the quickest solution was to partner with somebody who's already done all that legal. So I didn't, I'm not a legal person. <laughs> I have no idea how to set this up. I'm just trying to like give my products away. Like, right. what do I mean? I have to like be worried about liabilities. Right. So just thinking about your full picture and how I think the future is partnerships. If somebody's doing something that complements what you're doing, work with them. Mm -hmm. It'll make your life so much easier. It's less risk. It's great exposure on both ends. Like really get creative yep. because the competition is only getting bigger and stronger and people can knock you off or do their own thing or not even know they're knocking you off. Right. You Just know. have a similar idea. Just have a similar yep. idea. So... Well, awesome. Well, I feel like um, our listeners are probably just like eating all of this up. So thank you so much for joining oh, us today, Laura. You. It was a pleasure this having so you. Fun. Really, really exciting. Can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you. And I'm Me definitely going to have to check out those straps and those bags. <laughs> I'm excited about that, too. And uh, to all of our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. And you can connect with us on Twitter, on Facebook at www.avon.com. And you can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. <laughs>